You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV for Season 3, Episode 2 of Southland. Tonight's host is Stuart Lill. Joining Stuart will be AfterBuzz co-host Phil Svitek. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Southland news and gossip. We want to hear from you, too. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues... Stuart Lill! Hey everybody, this is Stuart speaking. Happy palin- Palindrome Day on January 11th, 2011. 1-1-1-1-1. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back, Phil. I'm glad you're here with me. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have her, our female view today. She uh, she thought we would discriminate against her because she's a woman, much, much like Dewey. Uh, much like Dewey, indeed. Um, but... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, see, season three, episode two of Southland we're discussing today. and Called uh, Punching Water, inadequately named, I guess. Inadequately named, I guess, yeah. Um, I, I just want to bring up something. I'm very disappointed in the uh, fans out there not back in the show because uh, last week was a series low for 1849 at uh, 800 and what's, – what's the exact number here? We have uh, 885,000 adults. What's your source? Uh, TV by the numbers. Okay, that's a very yeah, that is a very good website. Um, for an accurate. Um, but we'll get yeah. into that. But uh, Phil, could you first uh, give us a, a breakdown real quick? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, we got Dewey back. By the way, my favorite character. We have uh, I was I was gonna say a ton of murders, but because we do, you know, just insert the swear word there for you. And, uh, you know, we see some, obviously, uh, development on the personal lives of a few of the characters. But, uh, so basically, that's it in a nutshell. Um, Stu, let's let's talk about Dewey. I, I know you're in control of the show, but let's talk about Dewey back first. I mean, that's kind of mainly what no, happens first, that's right? That's fair. Yeah, no. Uh, Dewey, Dewey, for those who don't know, and Phil, you're included, um, <laughs> is a crazy, crazy uh, LAPD officer who... Who's just got Mac of the Force, obviously, and uh, he is—he was formerly partnered up with uh, Officer Brown, the the blonde. Uh, yeah, we got that. Well, well what I—well, right, what I will say before you recap is that you know I felt like I got everything I needed to know about this character. You know, uh, obviously, I found out that he was partnered with her, that you know he was an alcoholic, and now he's obsessed with talking about AA. So yeah. I got the backstory. <laughs> but continue. Give us give us all the right, expanded I, version. All right, expanded version. There's only only a couple things you really need to know. So aside from. Uh, drinking a lot uh first episode he sort of brought uh ben really into the into the forest because he screwed up and he was almost shot or he was shot and uh and ben this was when ben got his first kill in the pilot episode uh flash forward after he pulled a bunch of crap and uh john um actually told chicky uh 
to turn him in because you know he was coming up he's coming to work drunk and uh anyway so he fought she finally does and he knows that she did and he uh he takes control of the car and uh they they uh they go at a, like a high speed cha- just a, just a high speed nut nut job drive driving <laughs> into the LA river and he flips the car and almost kills himself and Chicky and uh and then he goes into rehab and obviously he's been rehabbed and now he's back in the forest but uh and now he's just focused all of his all the, yeah, he's just focused everything into talking about being sober. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's actually funny talking about the L.A. River. What makes it more dangerous is that because it's it's really not a river; it's more like a stream. Yeah, that's like uh, three that's feet wide. No water in this crash. Yeah, so <laughs> so there was no uh, give yeah. in that water. No, you know, so yeah, no, I don't think any water actually got on the on the squad car when they flipped it. Um, it was it was it was just tumbling on the concrete slabs. So. But uh, I mean, well, can we, all right. So obviously, let's talk about his entrance. Okay. You know, just his demeanor right off the bat. Walks in. Uh, I forget what is exactly. I, I'm just going to paraphrase it more. It, he just walks in. and He's like, oh, you know, uh, basically, you guys are glad to have me because all of, all the crime out there. I'm going to get rid of it now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. More or less. Is that right? how you took it? That's how I took it. How did you take it? Well, he's just kind of a class clown, or a, or a, a, a just a just a clown in general that cheers everyone up. You know, he's the guy who tells the the punch, the jokes, and you know, he just he puts a smile on everyone's face. And, and well, not everyone's, but well, not everyone's. <laughs> and that's the and that's the thing. Like, it's just it's everyone but the people who work with, directly with him, and uh, and nobody ever wants to partner with him, as as we saw. And uh, and yeah, so he walks in and he makes makes a dent or makes a ripple, obviously, and then he's paired up with john and then we go from there but yeah i don't know his entrance was great i'm glad he's back it wasn't like a it wasn't like he got his, his it wasn't like he got his nuts clipped off like a like a like a real a real friendly dog of ours and then he just <laughs> you know just became neutered or, or spayed or whatever the term is for male for male dogs uh anyway um by the way what, what did you think of the pairing between him and john obviously uh you know, there's debate. About well, it was ironic, first of all, just because John was the one who told uh, Officer Brown to turn him in, and then, and then he has to pay for it, basically. Basically, and but but for me, uh, just in terms of like, obviously, he had he has a lot of racism, uh-huh. as we you know, and we'll get to more of that as we we go through the episode. But John being maybe a gay man, May, no, he is. He is okay. <laughs> Okay, it hasn't been spelled out literally from John's mouth, but I just – I mean, although this season has, like, considering that you haven't seen the past seasons where it was mm. made pretty, like, pretty yeah, obvious. gay. Like, this season they have not really touched it at all. I mean, they've – I mean, he's so been, do you he's find been that... involved with banter about, like, just, just you know, doing – about having sex with a woman and all that. But uh, So I, I believe there is, uh, you know, in future episodes some potential for clashing in that regard, you know? If they wanted to go, there. oh, oh, the uh, the racism route. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But at the same time, it's not like John is innocent of being a racist. Um, I would, I would really have to dig back into the first couple of seasons. But he's, he, I mean, I, he's never been that. It, 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 at least from my memory, he's never been like that. Uh, that forward about that. I mean, that like you know, like that kid deserve to die because in eight years we'd be coming back and um 
because he would have killed somebody because he was raised by by uh, gang members his parents but at the same time i mean yeah john is has never has never been like hey man give him a chance you know mm-hmm. uh, the whole world is <laughs> just peace and and love and everybody you know just i'm fr- i'm friends with diego down the street and and, and and Jamal, you know, we smoke some crack all the time, and you know it's cool, man. No, no, we don't do that with John. John's, John's, John's by the books, and uh, the books show that that uh, crime is higher in those areas with that is this disease, and he's fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Okay, so, um, you know, obviously, just I mean, just the the annoyance he brings out. I I think overall, it's a nice comedic. Uh, you you know release i guess i would call it you know for the show that is so overall serious especially in this one where we get so many murders he is kind of a nice little break every now and then it was a nice break um especially kind of like like first episode dealt mostly with lydia and uh josie and kind of i mean some of it was a little comical kind of like you know when she was on the phone and and, and lydia wasn't digging that on the high speed chase or whatever but um but in this sense, it was it was com- it was comedy from the start. You know, we knew this wasn't gonna like I knew this wasn't gonna work out. You didn't really know you didn't know mm-hmm. Dewey yet. I mean, we I think we could all get a sense when Dewey walked in the room that they when they got paired up that John didn't want any part of it. I, I think everyone knew that it wasn't gonna work. But like like I, but if if you're if 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 you're devoted to the show, you know that this <laughs> this was gonna be, this was just gonna be a really bad day. And um, but yeah yeah really funny um, especially with. With uh, just patrolling and then going to the to the finding the the Mariachis. eleven mariachi band members <laughs> in the back of that van and and then Dewey just starting uh just just uh, being a conductor and orchestrating their their music as as John's like like you can't drive with eleven guys in a car and and Dewey's like ah right, come on we'll put a couple in the back you know we'll get him <laughs> we'll get him there because what were they talking about sobriety with uh, the band, the band yeah, yeah they had they they shared that moment that the yeah, other guy was five them, months and uh, Dewey was four I believe I don't know but do you like, obviously you loved it you said he's he's officially your favorite character now right yeah, yeah. so but do you see how Maybe as an audience, you could get pissed off at him. As an audience, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's—I could see him letting down a lot of people. Yeah, not in the show and out of you know, like audience-wise. Because I mean, I was let down by him. I mean, <laughs> because yeah, you know, he's lovable, but he's—you know—he talks about the demons, and yeah, he just boy, he really let people down. But now it's just—you know—I I, I felt bad for John. <laughs> it's, just the constant talk of, of of the steps and and just just really just hitting hitting a nerve on everybody's minds and I don't know well, that I didn't find you, you know find I found it more comical yeah. I didn't find it as annoying uh, the only point where I felt like Dewey was uh, wasn't fully you know sitting with me was when uh, when they got in the confrontation on the murder scene and uh, you know he was about to hit the two women oh yeah. And uh, and I love, but I, but but I loved his explanation after in the car to John of like, oh my God, these crazy women, like you know, the only bitches. metal they deserve is to be holding a a, a stewing pan or whatever he said. What was stewing pan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that line. What was it? So so he's like, the only metal these women deserve. Oh, oh, oh it is, okay. This <laughs> is basically a frying pan. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I.e., they just they don't they have no business in the police right, force. Right. Yeah. No. No, that was a class. That was that was a great Dewey blow up, and then and John, he never yells at him. He just he just grips the wheel and 
Just like, that's good copy. Because <laughs> when he, you know, he sees his partner. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I'm, I mean, amazed, you, I'm amazed John held it together. I'm surprised he didn't punch him in the middle of that scene. I mean, like. What did you think of the fight overall? You know, I mean, it was it. I mean, it, I believe it was a very dumb move on his part. You know. I forgot. If, oh, I mean. Uh, at the at the murder scene. Yeah, at the murder scene, right. But I'm just saying, like. But she threw the first punch. Are you saying, like, just the fact that he was going to go back for it? or? Well, yeah, she threw the first punch, but he's still the instigator. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, he was, he uh, was just saying what was on his mind. Uh, that they'd be, you know, that the kid kind of. They they, uh, they served them for killing the kid because he was going to be a gang member. I mean, not not saying that's cool or anything, but 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 are you saying that um, that he? I mean, I don't know. you're I thought obviously it was, saying he had it coming, but I, I thought it was an interesting take. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's tough deciding who was right and who was wrong. Uh-huh. Obviously, I, I I'm leaning towards that Dewey was wrong, and. Uh, he was obviously wrong saying it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. that was the worst thing. I mean, they were like 100 feet from the dead kid. Yeah, so, you know, keep it to yourself. Share it with John in the cop car. More comedic in that way. Not so good at the crime scene. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. Well, I, I'm i just disappointed that I didn't get to see Lydia kick his ass a little bit more because I – come on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dewey and his stick. I mean, it looks like – kind of looks like Corey. Corey, you, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 so okay. So for those listening, how would you describe Corey? Like a like a stick man? Do you think his name's Dewey because he he got a Dewey? <laughs> or too many Deweys? Too many Deweys? DUIs? You know? uh, oh, okay. I was gonna. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that might be a clever uh, 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 a clever uh, pun by the writers. Um, very good. Very good. Well, you know what? Thank you, Corey. Thank kudos you. to Stickman Corey. Good to, I'm glad man. we got. I'm, What's up with Stickman? Uh, take it up with Stu after the show. Stu, Stickman, uh, engineer over here, Corey. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, but uh, so let's get to uh, the crux of the uh, the show, the murders. Uh huh. Um, you know. Yeah. We well we start. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, we are with mostly Sammy and uh, Nate about this, but. But it was it was kind of confusing. I mean, it, honestly, it, overall, I was kind of disappointed with how it ended up. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, just to summarize what ha- everything was happening. Uh, so they started finding what, dead bodies, and, and people were identifying them as nobody, and then somebody shot them. They started identifying them that as the on the on the on the uh, on the tack board, and yeah. I thought that was clever. I thought this whole case was kind of a clever way of. Of um, showing that just just showing how how non just unromantic being an uh, being a detective is in this city, and it's you know you're going to be dealing with people who are not going to talk. You don't have access to to I mean just I mean if someone's shot, I mean that's you can't really do much if you can't find the bullets or the bullet casings or whatever. I mean and and if nobody talks. You just have no leads, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and and so they're just piling body after body to the point where even uh, Sal, the the head of the department, uh, was just like, uh, "We got to dump this off in another department because we can't handle any more murders." And I don't know, I just I just thought it was a really good in depth view of, of yeah how romantic the uh, just being a detective is and how kind of what these officer what these detectives are dealing with like what their personal views are because we got a bit of that from Sammy and and then how 
how uh, people like Lydia and, and Josie come in and and are kind of like judging them for not being able to solve this for not being able to solve this case because they could she claimed that she would do it with one person they do it in like in two hours or something but I don't know it, it yeah I don't know. I, and she used to what work in another city uh, where... it was like it was like the gang department of maybe another city I, I don't remember exactly what she said but but she she was bragging a bit yeah well you know what step up. How about that? <laughs> Shut up and step she up. She did step up. Last episode, she rammed that guy out, out the road before he got out of the country. Yeah, but, I mean... She proved I, that to Lydia. I, she did. She did. But she also got very lucky. I mean, again, last Hello, week, last week they cuff him, and the, uh, just then the phone call comes in. Yeah, we just got the DNA test. Uh-huh. He's it. You know, so they got lucky in that regard. But I don't know. It, 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 and I, I do, I do agree with you in that sense um, with the murders. Um, it, which one? I don't know. If you had to pick, I mean, there were so many. I wrote down like literally, there were so many murders. I, which I, one I was your like? Track. Yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna ask which one's your favorite murder. I was like a common question, but uh, well, let's go back over them. Okay, there was the kid on the ground um, who was shot. I, I mean, like, I just, I just thought it was. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but just the most interesting was the fact. Yeah, that I guess, I guess. Let me rephrase that because that's uh, a horrible. Yeah, what's my point. favorite? What's murder? your mo- What's what's the most significant one for you? My most significant, I you know the quinceanera, obviously. I for me anyway, um, because I mean, they didn't really spend too much time at the other ones, except when they were just kind of questioning a person who wouldn't talk. Um, but when they rolled up in that quinceanera and sh- shot it up, and when kids were there, I mean, that was that was the one that hit hit it home with me. I like the uh, for me I, I, this, a significant one. Not that it was like my uh, the, that the most significant one in the episode, but when on the side the corner of the block, you know, when they have that guy and uh, he has the picture and he's like looking back at him and he's he's saying the somebody, nobody, somebody, <laughs> yeah, okay. nobody, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, no, that was, no, that was good. And then um, yeah, no, I don't know, but I yeah. So, I, I I really lost track of the murders, and usually you remember them all. I I was trying to write them down, but but I think the point was that there were so many, there was and, so many. and and it was on MLK weekend, and they were just trying to figure out what it was, and it just. But I mean, all in all, it came back to um, you know the the death of the kid. Um, we end up back at the station, and an amazing monologue like that. Basically, it was nice story wise. It was nice. Uh, return you know okay everyone calm down um here's here's what the show sort of really is about Mm -hmm. you know i felt it was it was to the cops but it was also to the audience like this is this is what the show is i was glad that we weren't put in the position of analyzing all the crimes like analyzing the 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 evidence i mean we kind of did that with when they uh when they debriefed with lydia and josie but i mean not really they just kind of went into their personal views after a while um but yeah i mean it was sal uh stepping up who great act, a great character by the way. I don't. I really disappointed that they had to cut the budget and kind of decrease his episode appearances. Um, but yeah, he gave that that speech. Said that this is what it's about. This is why we put on our slack, our our, our black boots in the morning. You know, th- this is when we look at ourselves in the mirror. We know we're we're taking care of people to, that kill kids like this. You know, and yeah, that was a great. That was a great. That was a great scene. That was a great moment. And but what was what I well. First, you say. Uh, well, I was gonna say, especially in a city like Los Angeles, like I, could, I, um, you know, with other cities, I could see, like you're kind of, you, you feel like you're making a difference, 
you know, New York. You know, it's it's kind of like a pride thing. You know, like I'm a cop from New York, obviously with like uh, 9/11. You know, that's significant. Uh, Boston cops have like a, a loyal tradition. Um, I don't know about like Philadelphia, or I'm sure you know, like you think of like maybe Washington D.C. or whatever. Um, you just take a lot of pride in sort of being a cop, and there's that tradition. Whereas L.A., just being the city that it is, and we'll get to more about this in uh, the, the special segment, but, uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily have those ties, that sort of tradition. So, so I, you know, I could definitely see these guys sort of forgetting um, what it really means to be a cop. Uh, they're just kind of looking at it on this, for what it is. It's just like, ah, just another dead body, just another dead body. Like, we got to... I mean, it's just more paperwork, more paperwork, more paperwork. I mean, that's how, like that seems how. Like, yeah, I mean, any any if you talk to you know. If, I mean, because they kept talking about their weekend, like our weekend's ruined. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they weren't really thinking about the job. They weren't thinking who's who's this affecting until it finally hit a kid. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, growing up, obviously, uh, you know, you know, everyone talks about what do you want to be when you grow up, and you know, the the stereotype you want to be an astronaut, a fireman, uh-huh. or a cop, and. Uh, you know, so it's it's nice that they got back to the roots of like their childhood of you know, especially the murder of the child. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is why you wanted to be a cop. This is this is what you wanted to be when you grew up, and this is what you are, and this is why you wanted to be it. Mm-hmm. So do your effing job. Yeah, and they did. And then uh, I I know it was it was kind of a clever. Okay, so this reminded me of a an exact uh, montage. Um, from the previous season. Okay, so Sal, the guy who made that speech, lost a gun, and uh, basically he told his whole for- – like, I mean, like, he lost his gun, and that's bad if you're a cop because that gun could be used to kill somebody, and then it's on you. I mean, basically you're, you're up to lose your badge because that's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, but anyway, and that ha- that same – the, the same string of scenes of where uh, Nate and, and Sammy go out to the streets and just start just – start uh, knocking in doors of people having sex and 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 putting people against the fences and just you know uh, picking through their pockets looking for drugs you know just basically looking for anyone to write write them up on and so and then they'll uh, you know turn around and say like you know we'll let you off if you tell us where the gun is and that was exactly what happened last season with Sal's gun and they just went through and started just pissing everybody off in the streets and like you know somebody's gonna know and word's gonna get around because they don't want cops like put him in jail so someone's gonna have to fess up eventually to stop this and that's exactly what happened this and it really just they solved the whole case in a matter of 20 seconds <laughs> and and i don't know it can't i mean i know this i know the show isn't about procedural and it isn't about like the 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 going from just kind of you know trying to figure out the puzzle put it together but at the same time i you know i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have minded if they if they uh, occasionally uh did a little more than that. Like, well, not even, not even just a little more, but not but because they're trying to contain it, put everything into one episode. You know, they're trying to meet that. Yeah. They don't want it to. They don't want it to carry over to another episode. But I wouldn't mind. <laughs> or yeah. I wouldn't even mind if they just left it open ended and we just kind of assumed that they took care of it by the next episode. I mean, it's. I know. I don't know, but I mean, but yeah. well, it was it was very fun how they uh, they caught the guy. Yeah, know? it was fun. I like I like that part. That was <laughs> I, I was wondering where it was going. I was like, wait, is he interrogating someone? Like, he's pulling up a chair. What is he doing? But yeah, and he but, sits down in it. There's no one there, uh-huh. and he makes the phone call. Yeah. It was, I thought it was a very clever way yeah. to do that. No, part. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, no, I enjoyed that. I I I I mean, I'm just just you know because we're talking about it. I really would not generally care, but what it just for a show that seems to really pride itself about realism 
and and the, and the LAPD. Who's, say, who's to say that's not real? It just uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Those, those. I mean, okay. I mean, if the guy keeps hitting bodies, I mean, word's gonna get around. I don't have a doubt that they would find the guy. I'm just saying, just, just the fact that they solved it in a matter of 20 seconds, pretty much. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. I, I just like just for once. I believe it's more like 35 seconds. I'm not but... asking for a Dexter where we can't find the murderer for a whole season. I'm not asking for a CSI where we focus on that one, that one murderer, these string of murders, and puzzle together the, the, the facts from those. From the crime scene investigation, yeah. I'm just talking about that some crimes, the killers disappear. They get they got their message across. So do you, they, do they you feel uh, that is why the ratings are down? No, no. Um, in fact, I was talking about Phil before we even got on the air how packed this episode was and how I loved it because it had it had it had so much in it. I mean, I don't know why the ratings are down. I I mean, we get. We get a fight between a woman and a guy, a guy who's comical and just out of rehab and just pisses off his partner. We got, we got a high speed chase of the suburban. We have, we have multiple killings. We have a shootout of the quinceanera. We have, uh, it goes on and on. Well, we have and, a cougar. We, band, we have a cougar. And we got mariachi. We have mariachi band. We, we, you know, why, why, why is it? Why aren't more people watching this? I know we talked about this specifically in a special segment last week, but I just, I don't understand. Well, I think I think it, it is a little bit more of that, you know, where murders. Okay, relax, take your time. You don't have to solve them all quickly, and uh, therefore, you know, the audience will be a, a, on the edge of their seat. They will feel more significance to it, and I feel also let the uh, relationships develop a little more. You know, um, I, I feel in some sense you you get what you need, but but you could get a little bit more, like uh, the cougar. You know, uh-huh. just to move on to that subject. Um, you know, we see her again in this episode, but it, for me, it felt like, okay, it's just kind of a reminder, like they're together and maybe yeah. I, I'm really hoping that next episode or whatever, it, it will grow and hopefully that's what will happen. But if it's just like a constant reminder of like, she's in my life or whatever, then fi- fine. Great. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I'm sure it'll grow. I mean, we're going to see, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised cause, uh, if we, if we find Ben, at the beginning, or not the, not the beginning, beginning, because that's where they show what's going to happen later in the episode. With you know some scene mm-hmm. that that's the theme of the show. But uh, but if we find Ben right after that in her bed or something, or at that house, I mean, I, I feel like yeah, like you say, that's got to go somewhere. Um, because that's I mean that's how they that's how they've been doing with with John and his pills, and I mean they never just let it go. I mean, we it it, it builds. It gra- I mean. Well, you were us talking about uh, we didn't see John's back pains. We didn't see John's back pains this episode. I'm not. I'm not exactly. I, I mean, there was a lot in this episode, so I'm not going to complain about it that I didn't get to see him ache and, and ooh and. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. I think you know, just just slow it down. But, you got you may have a little bit too. You know what I mean? It, uh, it's it's very well paced, but uh, sometimes you know, just just spread it out a little bit, spread out the storyline. You know, uh, slow it down a little bit every okay. now and then. I, I mean, they didn't. Um, I mean, did you? So, are you are you saying that you kind of felt like this was a little too packed? No, no, it was a fine. It, it was a fine like, episode. All these kind of like all these little stories. You're glad that they not trying to always pack them all together in each episode because that just. Yeah, I mean, I I personally have uh, I like the show. I don't have much criticism, but but I could see someone having that criticism. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So and it, and it's unfortunate that they do. You know, I think it's a totally great show. Uh-huh. Um, and, and if you just sit there just to enjoy it, then yeah, it's, 
Look, all I know is this was kind of one of the problems I had with The Walking Dead where it was – you know, they would talk about their issues openly and we kind of – it, it just seems so obvious. And, like, I'm just glad all these characters have their – kind of their hidden issues. And, I, like, we haven't visited this, but Ben has his, – his mom was raped um, and his dad's a jack, an, an asshole. And, you know, they, everyone has their own their own deal. And, I mean, that's why I became a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and – you know, and Dewey had the alcohol problem, but they solved that, um, quote, unquote quotations you know we i, I know he's gonna you, you think he's gonna fall off the the wagon no nah, i don't uh, he's gonna commit suicide what, what do you think he's gonna do Corey? you're you look like the most what do you think what do you think's gonna happen to Dewey? you better put on a yeah, few more pounds you know what i mean before uh before he gets his ass beat by the women's side Corey, as i was saying what do you think's gonna happen to Dewey? you look the most like him uh, well i mean he's gonna kick some ass man. he's gonna kick some ass i could definitely see him kicking an ass um not like of a child, maybe, but uh, well, I guess that solves it. And with that, let's go to our first commercial break. Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Genesis is a drama queen. This yeah. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call at 347 855 8269. This television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. You, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Get in on the after buzz. 347 855 8269. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. Listen on iTunes. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Find us on Facebook. Your husband or your best friend? Follow us on Twitter. And then she's trying to kill him, so it justifies it. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. And visit us at AfterBuzzTV.com. <laughs> the wig! The wig! Oh, come on, that wig! Come on, baby! No! What? Boardwalk Empire. Desperate Housewives. Glee. Gossip Girl. Breaking Bad. Mad Men. True Blood. The Walking Dead. Big Love, Jersey Shore, The Oscars, Celebrity Rehab, The Emmys. If it's hot, you can bet we'll be buzzing about it. Be sure to catch AfterBuzz TV's Big Love Edition following the season premiere on Sunday night. And coming on Wednesday, January 19th, we'll be buzzing about the new season of American Idol, only on AfterBuzz TV. Well, welcome back. So we'll, uh, we're back, and uh, you know our special segment is Racism in L.A. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, so, well, first, Phil, I just want to say something. Um, Go ahead, Stu. What? what? I kind of have to pee, but I you know I can't leave the room. But it just reminded me of that one scene where the guy uh, was tied up in the in, in the motel, and his and his girlfriend, uh, or sorry, his wife, super glued his 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 uh, his genitals, uh, so he couldn't pee. That's ex- well, she. It was his wife, and it was his girlfriend. He what he had, he just kept going on. He had a laundry list of who the heck did this to him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I really, I think they should have showed it. You know, kind of like that something about Mary scene where uh, Ben Stiller gets his balls zipped up in the zipper, and we, and we, they show it to us. I, I think if Southland wants the viewers, they would have shown that penis. Uh, if Southland wants viewers, <laughs> they should show nipples. Or nipples. Come back next week with the Cougar. Might <laughs> have it then. 
But anyways, uh, back to our special segment because uh, that's more important than nipples. Um, Nothing is ever more important than nipples, too, especially for cops. Cops deserve titty, too. Well, uh, Ben agrees with you. Um, but anyway, yeah, racism in Los Angeles. That's that's pretty much what this this episode was touching a lot on, especially dealing with these murders and um, and the fact that it was MLK, MLK weekend, uh, which is coming up in, uh, in January 17th. Uh, and, and just – just a matter of a week, basically. But, um, but yeah. So, well, I mean, just in, ter- in terms of LA, you know, any city obviously has its poor, its middle class, and its rich. But, but LA is much more. You have the very, very poor, and the very, very rich, mm-hmm. and the very, very rich. They're here to take. To, you know, they. Uh, the. the Basically, you know, you have all these celebrities and whatnot, and uh, they more or less just deracinate um, what's existing here. They don't really want to give back to the community. They they have no interest. They have they just want to stay here, take take take. Um, and then once their sort of career has dwindled down, they'll move out and move on. Whereas you know the very poor, obviously they they can't really go anywhere. They're stuck here, and uh, and they're the ones who sort of get uh, crapped on in some sense. So that's what really fuels L.A., you know, and uh, if you look at the infrastructure of L.A., you know, most cities want to copy it because of the way um, it deals with the poor. And I believe – and that's what really leads to this tension. That's what leads to its racism. If you look at uh, uh, I believe USC's campus, um, one of the most dangerous, or uh, you know, neighborhoods in America, but the, the campus itself is safe. Because you have a huge parking garage separating the college as a barrier mm-hmm. um, to the sort of more outside world, as it were, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, and every student is equipped with bulletproof glass on their uh, Mercedes, BMWs, and Ferraris. There we go. That's right. Of course. <laughs> and if you even even like uh, you go to like a city, I'm familiar with Boston. You know, the park benches there are like you can you can sleep on them. Whereas here. Um, they're divided into sections, into thirds, with uh, with I guess you would call them hubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can't lie them unless you're terribly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so LA is is heavily copied in terms of how they do things, um, you know, to keep the poor population down or whatever oppressed, yeah. however you want to look at it. So. Well, you know. yeah, right. But uh, well, it's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, they kind of touched that on this around the murder, uh, the murders, the murders. Uh, kind of how, like, yeah, how the uh, the poor are just kind of oppressed, as you were talking about, and I mean, they kind of oppress themselves as as well. I mean, like when they know who did it, but they won't say it. And for some reason, they for some reason nobody wants to talk. I don't know what what that is, but. And then um, – I mean there's that fear, you know. I mean if – we talked about it last episode. The reason, um, you know, when uh, when I forget his name, uh, it was like Luis or whatever, mm-hmm. the gang leader, he showed he showed the trunk with, with his weapons or whatever. He allowed it to happen – or there was they found blood right. and so he was taken off to jail for that murder. And, uh, you know, we discussed why he would do that. And basically we, we – I guess we concluded that – he wanted to send a message to the rest of the his, uh, the neighborhood that you know he he can do this he can murder and he's willing to go to jail for it. That's how bad uh, of a bad big of a badass he is. Mm-hmm. 
you know. And so, you know, respect. 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 You know, it's all about the respect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that the show isn't like – it's not really I, – I don't feel like I'm being preached at because every character has their own views of, um, you know, what's – about, about – about the law, about about uh, about about race, about about prejudice, about what's fair and what's unfair, and um, you know, it, I mean, it came to a clash as we t- discussed earlier with Lydia and Dewey when uh, when when Dewey was like, you know, good for this kid being killed. Um, but Lydia, what, and she always does this. Uh, she'll immediately bring up like, if this girl was killed in over in uh, like in uh, Beverly Hills. Um, yeah. This would be all of the news, but just because this girl died over in Compton, nobody cares. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody cares. cares. It's not news because this happens on, I guess, a regular basis, so it's not newsworthy. By the way, well, Sal, Sal said it best. You know, uh, gang wars are tough because it's like punching water, i.e., the title of the uh, the episode, mm-hmm. in the sense of you don't do any damage. You know, you can take out however many guys you want or whatever, put them in jail, lock them up, and it was and it. yeah. And what was interesting was uh, with that. I mean, I don't know. I believe it was, it was earlier, but but yeah, Sammy and Nate were talking were talking about like why that is, and then they they based it on uh, parenting, bad parenting, and how mm-hmm. Father's Day is like a, a complete like it's so confusing in those gang neighborhoods because what 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 dad who who's you know because yeah they're all fatherless or 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 their or their parents are drug addicts you know they. That doesn't make sense to them, and and yeah, that relates to to the punching water because, you know, like they just never had direction, and I, I feel like I feel like the show is trying to like, at least it shows a lot of the bad sides, but at the same time, it's trying to at least give show the audience like you know it's not it's not like it's not everyone's fault for being this way. It's yeah, I mean it's catch twenty two yeah. or whatever. You know, it obviously gets escalated because of something, but it also you know. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg, what came first or whatever, you know. So it's very cyclical, you know, in some sense. Mm-hmm. But um, – and then we even uh, we even had an issue of a woman, Josie, uh, Lydia's partner, who, who – I don't, I don't know if she talked about – because they had that scene together when she talked about like divorce and she'd been shot. Did she say she was shot on the job or she was shot like just earlier in life? Uh, probably on the job. But basically um, – I mean that came to a clash later with her and Sammy when – when Sammy referred to people who wear baggy pants and have shaved heads, uh, you know, deserve to be killed or something. Because I mean, you can automatically identify them as gang. But uh, and then you know, she stuck up for like her nephews or something, saying like, "This one's in college, this one's in the army," and you know, very respectful. And they wear baggy pants. You just say they deserve to be killed too. And, and he's like, "You don't, you don't need to lecture me. Where do you live?" And she t- tells him a nice neighborhood. So obviously, she's it's kind of it, it was kind of an interesting view, like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, her heart's with the, with those people, but I mean, at the same time, she's, she's not she can't one. lecture. I don't know. I mean, she's By the way, here, here's here's something for everyone out there. If you got baggy pants, <laughs> you're not going to outrun the cop. Like, so like, the what cops. are you? you, you your pants around your ankles, man. What are you doing? Go you back to fun? the short shorts. That's how they did it back. Yeah, in track the suits or something track like suits. anything. <laughs> Just help yourself, you know. Like, what are you doing, brother? Maybe naked. The cops want to want to arrest you. As much, I mean, it's well, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to see a bunch of nude people. Still, uh, I mean, this is the second time you brought up nudity, I, in a, <laughs> you know, in a non-female sort of way. But was my first right. time, oh right, the guy peeing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I was raised in a nudist colony, 
and um, I just I just think it's it's a beautiful way of life, and I think a lot of these issues would really go go the way of the history books if if everyone just and that's your conclusion. That's my conclusion. All <laughs> right. Well, with that, let's go to our news and gossip. Playing an L.A. cop can weigh heavily on an actor, so what better way to lighten up the mood than by channeling Charlie's Angels? That is precisely what Ben McKenzie, Michael Cudlitz, and Regina King, stars of the show, did during a break in shooting the episode that aired tonight. Check it out online. Charlie's Angels. I, I cannot see uh, Michael Cudlitz, who plays John, as, uh, as an angel, as Charlie's Angel. I believe he's in the middle. He's the middle one. He's, He's the middle, middle angel. I I don't. What do you mean? In the in the pose, the three the uh, three Charlie's Angels pose. Are you familiar with this? Okay, I, I'm, I'm. It's coming back to me. I haven't I haven't seen the show or the movie in a while. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or well, anyway, there's there's much chatter about Regina King's wardrobe since her appearance on the cover of Essence magazine. Grown woman style is the best way to describe it. Say fans online. The star favors sexy, sophisticated pieces like hugging, dre- like figure-hugging dresses, classic trench coats, and stunning high boots. Add to these her extremely toned physique, and you've got a fashionista who is as fit as she is chic. That woman is a beast, and she's pretty beautiful. And he means that in the nicest <laughs> way, not as in... A beast like she will... I like uh, what well, you know. I mean, I think I think you can understand what I mean. Fair enough. Well, Stu, and for the rest of you guys worried out there, Regina King is not engaged. There were rumors that former uh, Cosby Show kid Malcolm Jamal Warner and her had gotten engaged, but uh, Regina King went on Access Hollywood to deny that report. They are, however, dating. That's uh, Mal- Malcolm King. Or, or sorry, Mal- Malcolm Warner. All right, good. Uh, I could definitely see them together. He. He's the one. He has like big, long dreadlocks now, doesn't he? Uh, I'm not familiar. He's pretty cool looking. I like that dude. I I want them together. I why did she do that? Why did she have to go and access Hollywood and shoot these rumors down? She could have just let it float around. They know they're getting together. Well, they're not. They're not engaged yet. So you know why? Why spread the lies? Whatever. Fair enough. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, who plays Officer Billy Dewey, joins the cast of Mark Webb's Spider-Man 3D. His character is Ray. The allegedly deceased father of Peter Parker's current comic book girlfriend, Carly. Ah oh, man, I I am so behind in Spider-Man. Uh, Carly, I, I all I know is about Mary Jane. Uh, yeah, I mean that's I, it came as a shock to me. I mean, uh, I, I after Bush just started com- covering comic books, so I could be more in tune with what is going on. But uh, anyway. Tom Everett Scott, who plays Detective Russell Clark, admitted that he has no idea whether his character will begin a new romance. Quote, I honestly don't know. I've heard that people are interested in that idea. I think that it's a great idea. It would be a really cool thing to see on television because they seem to be such compatible characters. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, I'm assuming I I don't know his his name off the bat. I'm assuming that's Sal. But, uh, yeah, you know, after that messy, that messy, messy uh, divorce... Nope, that's not him. This Russell is, Clark. He plays R- Rus- R- Russell Clark. No, Russell Clark. This is Tom Everett Scott is the uh, former partner of, of Lydia. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, he, he's been so off the radar in this show. I, he's Ever since he was sh- 
we have a shot. I, I mean, I don't know whether to be excited or not really about this, but uh, well, executive producer Christopher, tell me out here, still Chulak. Chulak admitted he was pleased the show was given a fixed number of episodes this season. That's a big help to be able to sit sit there and know where the end is, at least for this particular season, and dole out the weight of stories for the various characters. Well, as we discussed earlier, we're we're uh, we're, we're happy with the pacing, and, I, and now they don't need to uh, kind of wonder if each episode's the end and kind of like jam. Although I loved last season and and the first season. First season did feel cut short, but now, but yeah, now we can sort of probably feel more of a little bit of more of an arc, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that'll serve. I think that'll serve the show for the better, and could possibly get some more viewers for the show back. Hopefully, <laughs> well, they may have to do what sci-fi fans did when Galactica got taken off and just send uh, apples to the studio. Let's not encourage them to send us apples. Please send me some apples. I could really use some. I don't want to go to the grocery store this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Ben McKenzie will intro four of his favorite movies as TMC's guest programmer for January 2011. He is set to join TMC host Robert Osborne. The four films they'll present are Badlands, a 1973 film, This Sporting Life, a 1963 film, a Marx Brothers classic called Duck Soup, and the Oscar-winning war drama The Bridge, The Bridge of the War, The Bridge of the River Kwai. I love Duck Soup. I I honestly wouldn't take Ben McKenzie as a Duck Soup fan. Duck Soup is amazing. For those of you who have not seen it, it is it is a satire. It's funny. It's it's classic. Uh, I, I think I, you think it's better than Three Stooges. Uh, it's it's different humor. I like the Marx Brothers better. Um, I believe Duck Soup is is my second favorite to their Room Service. Uh huh. Um, and of course the classic is also a night. At the opera that they do, but you know that, that one's kind of that's odd. a little film history for you folks. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you did learn, and uh, and that's your AfterBuzz TV Southland news and gossip for the week of January 11, 2011. Too many 11s, too many ones in that. Too many ones. Get old, get old January 11, 2011. But well, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Phil, how are you feeling about predictions? You seem you seem pretty spot on uh, from last week's prediction. Uh, not really. I don't not remember really, what I said. <laughs> well, you, you you were talking about the like the kind of the rules of threes and uh, how it'd be three events because that's what last week's kind of was. Fair enough. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because in 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 the sneak peek we kind of got a montage and a song and and so you kind of felt the motion, but you, I don't I don't really know where it's going. We saw kind of a shootout. Nice death cap pursuit, uh, cootie. Death. Oh, right, forget it. Uh, a, good, a good band. That's all I have to say. But uh, yeah, I don't Death know. Cab for Cutie. Death Cab for Cutie. Thank you. Um, also uh, related to the Postal Service. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can never predict what's coming. Up. You know, I, all, all we. I mean, as in our news and gossip, we we saw that Tom Everett Scott might have a relationship, and uh, and and I you know Dewey. He's gonna. I like. You don't think he's gonna fall off the wagon? I. I think well, he'll I leave think... the force at some point. I think if anything, we'll get more of the cougar, and I'm, I'm oh, cougar's in. I'm so I, I really want that. I feel like the show needs that, and uh, you know, what what do you think? Like some, what do you think the next crazy uh, uh, person they're gonna pull over? John, what, what do you think the next guy John's gonna pull over? We we already got a mariachi band. Uh huh. We we got the cougar. We so let's we see. we already got a, a toy a woman a celebrity a, toy, so well, a celebrity. celebrity would be right. I think they did that. Did they? Oh, they did. Yeah, I think it was first season, and he knew Ben. Uh-huh. And um, I actually was a celebrity. He was a rich guy. So maybe a celebrity. Who knows? Well, I think, uh, you know, I guess that would be the sort of more natural 
aggression or some really I don't know. I think someone you know of of I guess a cougar. She had money. She had power. So, but I don't know. I I just want to see. Uh, I want to I want to see a cockfight between Dewey and. I want to see the mental guy again. You know the uh, the one with his girlfriend in the car who he didn't know. Oh yeah, the guy that blew up. Yeah, she won't wear the dresses, okay. and so that's why I get beat up. That poor guy, he should be a regular. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's it for this week. Let's get the viewers up, the people. Come on. And uh, we'll be back next week. For producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching AfterBuzzTV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.